Well, it's great to be here the Sunday before the throwdown. If you've never been here on a Super Bowl Sunday, you're not going to want to miss next week. John Burke versus Carlos Ortiz. Boomer versus Gen X. And actually, if you're watching online and you live in Austin, you should know that we're actually competing at every campus. I'm going up against Kenny Green at Central Campus on Saturday night, against Ricky Eciona on Sunday morning in South Austin. Jesse goes up against Caitlin and Buda, John Ng versus Lisa in their new place in Pflugerville. It's going to be an amazing time. And invite your friends. For some reason, people love to watch us make fools of ourselves. And so just come. It's going to be a great, great time. And come as you are, unless you have a scratchy throat. And in that case, watch online with our friends overseas and those outside of Austin. It's going to be a great time. I want you to think back to the beginning of the pandemic. We didn't really know exactly what's going on and things began to shut down. How did you spend your time with your roommates, with your family? Puzzles, board games, more Netflix, sourdough bread. How did you spend that time? And so for many of us, we ended up locked down in quarantine in our homes, but there were many heroic women and men that were frontline workers, first responders. They didn't get to stay home. Bus drivers and delivery drivers and doctors and nurses, police. And so many of them, one of the more beautiful moments in that whole experience was as we were locked in our homes and seeing online these videos of Delivery drivers walking up to homes and surprised with snacks and drinks. Remember that? It would have a little sign that said, take as much as you need. And they did. Who would have known a year later here in Texas, the ice apocalypse hits. No electricity for some of us, no water for some of us. And in many of our campuses, we were there with, as long as there was water, saying the same thing, come and take as much as you need. See, these moments have reminded us of a scarcity that sometimes we need more. And what we're looking at in this series is how God gives us as much as we need. Now, in both of those stories, the difference is God never runs out. There's always an abundance. I want to look at where we started in this series in a book called Ephesians. Paul, a church planner, is writing to people who he loves, people he is wanting to encourage. And I want you to listen. If you're a, someone who follows Jesus, I want you to listen to what you have access to. And if you're not in a relationship with God, I want you to listen to what's being offered to you. Ephesians chapter one, verse three. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. He has showered his kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. Because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. As we've been looking at this week, these spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms throughout the series, we've been looking at how God gives us all the joy, all the peace, all the hope, the community, and even the purpose that we need and long for. 
But here's the dilemma. Too often we live life unaware that this actually belongs to us. That we have this inheritance. We go around as if we're spiritually bankrupt. When in reality, we have won the spiritual lottery. It's like the difference between a state fair and Six Flags Over Texas. You know the difference, right? When you go to the state fair, you have to pay for every single ride. And if you grew up in a family like mine with a cheap dad, that was really disappointing. But when you got to go to Six Flags Over Texas, the rides are included. Once you get in, it's free. You can ride the Iron Rattler. You can ride the Shockwave. Nothing can get in the way. Or maybe you don't like roller coasters or going outside in the summer in Texas. How about a cruise? There's a story in a book called Grace Awakening by Charles Swindoll where he uses this analogy that some of us are like the couple who saved up all their money to finally be able to go on that cruise. They've always wanted to go. They finally get on the cruise knowing they'd spent all their money. They brought with them bread and peanut butter and jelly because they knew they wouldn't have enough money to go to the restaurants. And as all the people in the cruise were enjoying the buffet and the feast, they were back in the room eating peanut butter and jelly. It wasn't until the last day of their cruise when they discovered that the price of admission, once they got on that boat, they could eat all they wanted. See, some of us are watching others on the rides, sitting on the sidelines. Some of us are eating peanut butter and jelly when God offers us a banquet, a feast. How do we experience the fullness of this life that God has for us? Well, we need to understand our purpose. We're gonna look at some foundational truths that you need to know. But the problem is some of us have embraced lies that we've held on to that actually keep us from experiencing the fullness of this life. Lies that we've just believed from our own ways of thinking or been infused upon us from parents or friends. But you need to know that, first of all, you've been created on purpose and with a purpose. The lie is that God has condemned you. You need to know that God created you on purpose and with a purpose. And number two, you've been chosen by God. God has not rejected you. And number three, you've been called by God. You, you don't want to fall into the, the lie that there is no God or that God remains silent or distant. And number four, you have been gifted and empowered by God. God has not abandoned you. So we're going to walk through these today. First of all, you've been created on purpose and with a purpose. The creator of the universe created you so that you might have a relationship with him. And there's this remarkable statement in the scriptures that says that you were born at the exact time in history and place on this planet that gives you the best opportunity to know him. Listen to this. In Acts 17, it says this. God began by making one person and from him came all the different people who live everywhere in the world. God decided exactly when and where they must live. God wanted them to look for him and perhaps search all around for him and find him, though he's not far from any of us. By his power, we live and move and exist. Think about that for a moment. 
God puts you at the exact time in history and place on this planet so that you might best find him. The intentionality. God knits you together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God has intention for you, a plan for you, just as he did for Jeremiah the prophet, where he writes, it says in the scriptures, Jeremiah chapter one, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. See, to discover your God-given purpose requires a relationship with God. Now, I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about American churchianity. I'm not talking about changing political parties. This is so much bigger than what you might think it is from watching the news. This is about a relationship with the one who created you and loves you, has a plan for your life. You also need to know, number two, that you've been chosen by God. You've been chosen by God. Back to this Ephesians 1, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us. I don't know about you, but I love hearing stories about how couples met. So romantic. But you know what I also really love? I love to hear stories about how people met God. Have you ever asked people that question? I remember I was in Toronto and I was speaking to a group of church leaders and the pastor was interviewing me beforehand just so they could get to know me. And he asked me a question that completely stumped me. I did not expect it. He asked me, how would you describe what it's like to have a relationship with God? Well, these were church leaders. These were people who already knew God. I didn't expect him to ask me this and my mind went blank. But in the same moment, my heart welled up and I just asked the question, how do you describe what it's like to experience forgiveness when you know you don't deserve it? How can you explain peace when your whole life you've been battling anxiety? How do you explain what it's like to know you are loved unconditionally when you don't even love yourself? See, the beautiful thing is there is a God who loves you. I wonder, when was that moment that you met God? And you might say, well, I've been a Christian my whole life. Well, I want to know, when did you have an encounter with the God who created you? If you've never had that moment, you can have it right now. All you have to do is just say, God, show me who you are. Forgive me for doing things my own way and lead me. See, when we step into a relationship with God, everything begins to change. The lies begin to dissipate. You and I need to know that we have been chosen by God. But too often we've been left out. We felt left out. I wonder, have you ever felt left out? Maybe back when you were in the elementary school playground or in middle school, they were picking teams and you were the last chosen. You know, it's even worse than that. Not being chosen at all. When I was in college, sophomore year, it was the summertime, I was in a class with a guy named Adrian who happened to be on the football team. We started hanging out, started spending time together, helping each other through the class, sharing meals together. And one day I was telling him, you know, if there was an intramural team, a, 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 an ultimate Frisbee team here on campus, that would be my sport. I kind of quit football a few years back. And he looked at me and said, oh, you know, that's great. 
the football team during off-season workouts, we actually play ultimate Frisbee. You should come. And so I did. I was so excited to show my new friend how skilled I am in the art of ultimate Frisbee. But here's the problem. There were 20 of us, and they began picking sides. And I didn't expect to be picked first. But at the very end, there's a team with nine players, and they said, okay, let's play. They didn't even choose me to make things even. They would rather play with nine against 10 than add me. And I stood there, my heart broken, only for Adrian to say, come on, come on. So I got out on the field, and if you ever played ultimate Frisbee, it's, it's so much fun. And, and I was open a lot, like no one was covering me. And I would wave, and they would look right past me and throw the Frisbee to someone else until finally the Frisbee got blocked, and it was wobbling towards me. It was my moment. And I ran as fast as I could, and I got there right in time. And I grabbed the Frisbee at the exact same moment that a defensive lineman known as Big Cat also arrived. <laughs> it was the first moment in my life that I was, the wind was knocked out of me while standing up. But I wasn't standing up for long. I mean, I caught it, he hit me, air got knocked out of my lungs, and I flew to the ground. And I crawled up looked for Adrian, threw it to him and crawled off and went all the way back to my dorm, never to come back to play again. See, it was a, a moment I didn't feel like I belonged and didn't belong. But you should know when it comes to God, some of us have the same sort of mentality. We think that we, we don't know enough or we're not good enough or we've done too many wrong things. But you need to know that God chooses you You've been chosen. Some of you may have grown up in church and you've heard this word chosen or, or words like elected or predestined. And we think that means that God chooses some and rejects others. That he elected some and, and rejected others. But that's not actually what the scriptures say. All of us get to choose. All who say yes are now part of the family of God. Romans 10 says this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. See, God calls everyone and all who say yes are predestined to become like Jesus. Look again at Ephesians 1. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without faith in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. See, God not only adopts you, he loves you as his precious child and he makes you holy and without fault. It doesn't mean you've never done wrong. It means he sees you through a lens through what Jesus did on the cross for you and me, you and I are forgiven. We are made new. And he gives us an inheritance, a birthright to all the spiritual blessings. See, your destiny, your calling, your purpose is to become more like Jesus. Jesus who walked experiencing peace and joy and love and extended that to others. We have access to all of that. And by choosing you, he is choosing those you love. He has blessed you to be a blessing to those around you. 
When you choose to follow Jesus, you become his messenger, his ambassador, his agent of hope in our broken and isolated and hurting world. And in his love and mercy, God gives us the freedom to determine whether we want to live out our purpose or not. To do so requires that we need to respond to God's invitation to, to say yes to a relationship and yes to trust them each and every day. Well, number three, you've been called by God. One of our favorite passages here at Gateway is in Ephesians chapter two. Listen to this. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. See, God rescues us because of his unconditional love. He created you and chooses you to be his son or daughter just as you are. He sees you differently than you see yourself. He sees who you can become as you allow him to transform you into that holy and godly person you were created to be. It reminds me of that film from years ago called Hook. Remember Hook? Robin Williams plays Peter Pan, but it's a middle-aged Peter Pan and he goes back and the lost boys see him and one of the lost boys comes up to him and, and no one, none of them believe that this is Peter Pan. He does not look like Peter Pan. Till one little boy pushes his face, just pushes his cheeks back and then he says, oh, there you are, Peter. So you and I are walking around defaulting to a, a version of us that is not what God intended, but God sees you as his masterpiece. As we talk about here at Gateway, there might be some mud on this masterpiece, but God can see who we can become, that uniqueness, that brokenness, all of those things God can take and make us new. And what's beautiful about a relationship with God is because he already loves us, not because of what we've done. He already loves us. We did not earn this relationship with him. That means we cannot lose this relationship with him. You do not have to do certain things to get God to love you. He already loves you. And it's because of that love that we ask him to help us change. It's out of gratitude. See, he gets rid of the mud that's covering the masterpiece. And notice also in this passage that God has good things planned for you and I to do. So what are those good things? Well, it reminds me of this moment when a man came up to Jesus and he was asking, all the things in the scriptures, what, what do I really need to know? He was asking basically for like a Cliff's Notes version of this very thick book. And Jesus said, the scriptures are summarized with this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. See, every follower of Jesus can find their purpose in loving God and loving others. Our purpose is to allow God to transform us and bring transformation through us. Our purpose is to allow God to work in us and work through us. Our purpose is to bring more of heaven to earth. See, too often we look to what the world says brings meaning. We think if we just get the right job or, or get enough money or go on the right vacation so that we can put on Instagram the right photo or if we can get into the right relationship, that we look for all these things. And by the way, some of these things are really good, gifts from God. The scriptures calls everything good in our life is a gift from God. 
but a relationship, a job, none of these things fulfill us at the deepest level in a way that God can fulfill us. See, what Jesus prayed is that God's kingdom would come to earth as it is in heaven. And when you and I become a follower of Jesus, the presence of God comes to live within us, the spirit of God. We have the presence of God everywhere we go. We can bring heaven to earth in how we treat those with whom we live, those with whom we work, those who live in our neighborhood, our extended family. You and I can bring heaven to earth. And what's beautiful is that you and I step into loving God and loving others. We actually start to distinguish God's voice and find the specific purposes for our life. They become clearer and clearer. As we serve God and serve others, we can find our specific calling. Let me give you a personal example. I recently celebrated my 50th birthday. 50. It's still hard for me to believe. I still feel 28. Some days, 29. I have a picture of me 50 years ago. Here I am as a baby. I look just the same. I did at one point have hair. Let me give you proof. Here I am a little bit older. There I am. I had blonde hair. Basically from 2 to 26, I had hair. The rest of my life, I have not had hair. And when I was young, I really became a fan of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He was born the day before me. In fact, as a, as a boy, I had a dream that my calling would be to grow up to become a combination of Dr. King and Andy Kaufman. He was born the day after me. And some of you don't know who Andy Kaufman is. He was a comedian. And he was actually portrayed in a movie by Jim Carrey, who was also born on January 17th. And so I didn't know exactly what this would look like. I just knew that I wanted to see Dr. King's dream come true and I wanted to bring laughter to those around me. And as I grew up, I, I just tried to live out what I sensed God wanted me to do. As I started this relationship with God, I, I, was, no, I was aware that God had something for me, but, but I wasn't sure what it was. And so I just started doing the thing right in front of me that seemed to be the right next thing. I married a girl who loved Jesus more than me that I knew would help me in my journey and she has done just that. And then Deborah and I, after getting married, moved from the Dallas-Fort Worth area where we grew up to Seattle to help plant a church in what was the most unchurched city in America. Then we moved to Los Angeles to be part of a church called Mosaic, which is a place where you can belong whether or not you believe. And then in 2010, we moved here to Austin to be part of Gateway. Austin, a city where only 13% of people attend church on a Sunday. To be part of Gateway, a place where you can come as you are. And what I began to discover is along the way, in my 20s, I, I wasn't sure if I was living out my calling, but by my 30s, I realized exactly what my calling is. God has called me to be an advocate for those who do not yet believe. To ensure a safe place where people can come with their doubts and their struggles and discover there is a God who loves them. To be part of a community that connects people from diverse backgrounds and together mobilize to bring more of heaven to earth, more love, more equality, more justice, more of what God has for us. And for me, it's expressed as a, as a pastor, a speaker, a writer, but I've seen others of you do the same as teachers, as police officers, working in the tech industry, 
working in a grocery store. Artists. See, the job you have doesn't matter as much as the person that you become. See, God is calling you to lean into your relationship with God and lean into your relationship with church family to help you along the way. And when you aren't sure what to do, just focus on loving God and loving people. Just do the next right thing right in front of you, no matter how small it is. Keep moving forward, loving God, loving people. Years ago, we did an event and it was called Just Love. When you're not sure what to do, just love. Or like I discovered as a newlywed, if you're not sure what to do, just do the dishes. It always helps. See, Jesus said, if you lose your life in serving others, that's when you find your life. See, some of us have big dreams of what God has for us in the future, but we're never gonna get there unless we do the little things that God has for us right now. What is it that God's calling you to do next? Is it to step into community? Is it to start serving? Maybe serving on Sundays or serving with our kids. Maybe it's to start a company or go back to school. Whatever it is that God has right in front of you, just take that step. Because here's the thing, living out your calling is really hard. But it's worth the struggle, the effort, the challenge. Because finding your calling is just as beautiful as the journey to discovering it. Because we experience more of God along the way. There's this beautiful verse, and it pops up multiple times in the scriptures. It says this, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. I love that idea. See, too often we default into something far less than what God has for us. Instead, we need to live a life worthy of the calling that we've received. When things get tough, it's so easy to just give up. But faithfulness, faithfulness means doing the right thing no matter how small it is. And too often we give up way too soon. We give up right before the breakthrough. Some of us are in marriages that are in a tough spot. Some of us are in jobs where we feel stuck. Some of us are in extended family where it just feels like there's so much division and we're not sure what to do or even to even try anymore. Rosabeth Moss Cantor, a Harvard business professor said this, everything looks like failure in the middle. See, some of us are just in the middle. Press through, do the next right thing, no matter how small it is, right in front of you. Too often we spend too much time blaming our circumstances or blaming other people or blaming the environment. But instead we need to shift our perspective to realize, as Erwin McManus said, the things we want God to do in our life demand that God sends us through a gauntlet that prepares us for that. We want God to use us in great ways, but we don't want God to prepare us for greatness. See, God is preparing you for greatness right now. As hard as things might be, this is what you and I need to go through in order to be ready for what he has around the corner. And we wanna help you discover your calling. That's why we encourage you to come every Sunday and, and to join a group, a group to find healing or, or community or to grow, to serve. And if you have kids, make sure that your kids, teenagers or children are connecting into community. We have amazing volunteers that are here to invest in them, to help them grow. And I wanted to let you in on a little secret. You may not know about this. We have a new website. And on that website, you can find the latest message 
They're going to show you a little video where to find it. Right there on the front page, you can just click latest message. And when you do that, it'll take you to another page. And there you can find message notes. If you click on that, there's the manuscript or message next steps. And from there, you can literally discuss it with your roommates, with your family. Some of you do this in your community group. We want you not just to hear the message, but to apply it to your life. And you can go to gatewaychurch.com slash next steps every week, even before you come and discuss this for lunch afterwards. And this week we're added some extra resources to help you find your calling. Some questions like, when in your life have you felt most alive? Or what are areas of need you see around you that you sense you can meet? These are excerpts from the book I wrote that just came out this last summer. It's called Fruitful. My daughter asked me to write down everything I wish I knew before I moved out of my parents' house. And I started working on it and then her trip was delayed a year. So instead of a letter, I wrote her a book. And my hope is that this could be a gift for you. In fact, if you're watching today, if you're here in the room or watching online and you are struggling to find your purpose, I wanna send you a free copy. I've sold out. It might take a week or two to get you it. But if you want that, just email me, eric at gatewaychurch.com. I wanna help you find your calling. And if you're watching or you're listening and you think of someone you know that could use this, buy them one on Amazon. It would mean more coming from you as a gift. Or you can tell them to watch this message and email me and I'll be happy to send it to them. But we wanna help you discover your uniqueness. See, God has allowed you to go through what you've been through, the family in which you've been raised, the experiences you've had, all these things help you find what he's inviting you into. In fact, we have a workshop coming up called Advance where we have assessments on character and strengths and personality. Sign up and be part of that with us in March. But number four, you've been gifted and empowered by God. See, something miraculous happens. The moment you and I say yes to following Jesus, the spirit of God comes to live within us. And then we have gifts, spiritual gifts, miraculous gifts that are from him to accomplish what he's called us to do. Romans 12 says this, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. You have gifts that God has given you to fulfill the calling he's given you. In fact, God wants you to discover his will for your life even more than you do. When you become a follower of Jesus, his presence comes to live within you. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead, his spirit comes to live within you. And this isn't just for the pastoral staff. There are people that you can influence that a pastor never could. I wanna ask you, what is God calling you to do? During this next song, I want you to consider what God's next step for you is. But I want to remind you of these truths that are about you. And for some of you, it might be writing these things down and, and saying them out loud every day, reminding yourself. You need to know that you've been created on purpose and with a purpose. You've been chosen by God. 
You've been called by God. You've been gifted and empowered by God. Allow these truths to flow through you to combat the lies. Lies overcome when we stand in community and others help us, counseling help us combat the lies to discover the truth of who you are and the beauty that God has for you. So during this song, I'm gonna invite you to stand. And as we sing, I want you to connect with God. Go ahead, let's stand together. And during this song, you can sing it out, but sing it out as a prayer that you believe that God wants to do something in you. Let him move in you, speak to you, give you the courage to take that next step, whatever it might be. Let's do that together.